So here's the question I want you to consider and be thinking about for the next six months is can you maintain the feeling of demand even if it isn't right there in front of you to tangibly experience? Are you willing to try that? Are you willing to believe even if you have no consults on the books? Are you willing to generate the emotion that would be required to stay in a high value cycle and create high value work? Because remember, think about trying to create really high value content and trainings and coaching and webinars, all the things, when you're feeling discouraged. It's the worst, right? So I want you to think about what are, and let's just kind of like quickly, maybe hear from a couple of the virtual people. Um, what would you need to think in order to, as your action, maintain the feeling of demand? What would you have to think? Because what you think when you can't maintain it is, oh, but I don't have the results, so clearly people don't demand what I have to offer. Do you have anyone virtual? Can I see some hands? There we go. Hi. Hi, Stacy. How are you? Congratulations on the baby. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, I'm a little nervous. So my offer is a year-long mentorship, um, three months of one-on-one -on -one coaching, and then the rest of the year through written email coaching um, for women to find emotional freedom from alcohol. And we did this exercise in my breakout session this morning that like was such a game okay. changer for me to get into the feeling of the result that we offer. So for okay. me, it's such an amazing feeling. Like when I take myself into emotional freedom from alcohol, it is the thought is it just keeps getting better. And if I put myself in that situation, like to create content, to go on my consults, like it is so easy for me to sell and I haven't been doing that. So I'm really excited to do that. <laughs> so like really what the thought could be for you, even if you don't see tangible demand right in front of you, you could even think like that the, the result you offer is so incredible and freeing that even if people don't know that this is a possibility, even if they're not actively searching for this result, once they know it is possible, they're going to want it badly, right? Like that's the way I kind of think about um, teaching people to make money. I'm trying to think of how to like articulate this, but I really do think that I'm like, they just don't know how easy it is and how much money they can make. I've got to get out there and tell them. And as soon as they know, they're going to be all in, mm -hmm. right? So I love that, like anchoring the result you're going to create and thinking about getting that possibility in their hands as fast as possible and as soon as they have it in their hands obviously they're going to want it it's not even a question so that's another thought to think right as soon as i get it in their hands they're going to want it obviously it's just not even a question i just got to get it in more people's hands okay someone in the back right here try again see if they hello yeah there you go hey it's jess johnson hello hi Shit, it left me. Oh, one of my most powerful thoughts that keeps me just in a high value cycle is something amazing is happening. And I just, when I lean into that, I can't help but be inspired into action. Tell somebody I exist, make an offer, um, whatever it is. I just feel that so strongly. It's only my job to let the people know from there. So good. So good. I just got to let people, more people know. That's my job. I just got to keep letting people know. We got a mic over here. Kimmy. 
Um, okay, so I got some peer coaching yesterday, um, and I'm still trying to like integrate it. So after the last live event, I felt like my clients weren't getting the results that they could get. So I went home and I told myself, I'm not going to sell. I'm not selling for Q1. I'm going to like really get into my program and work with my clients. And then I'm going to open the doors April 3rd. And that launch was when I like, like surpassed my goal. But I was talking to some peers and they said, we were watching you from January to April and you were overselling. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, I wasn't selling, but we looked back at my social media and in every post, it was like, the doors open April 3rd, put it on your calendar. So Are you good? Ready? Yeah. But I'm still like in this place where like, I don't know how I, like to me, I wasn't selling and they're like, you were overselling. And I have a story that I don't know to oversell, but apparently I did. Yeah. So like, yeah. I, I don't know why I'm- But what's happening for you, I think, is it should feel natural like this when you're doing it from that place. Oh. Right? When it doesn't feel natural and you're like, oh, I gotta go out and I've gotta oversell. Oh. Right? When you're thinking of it from that place, it's probably just not like, to me, overselling is what happens when you are just compelled to share all of the time. Oh. So it doesn't have to feel like this no. Frantic, like, because uh, it, it, I was, I, in my brain, I was like, I'm not selling right now. I'm just, I'm getting my Yeah, it won't feel like even work. Right? When your selling feels like work, it is because you're not believing. It, you're not in a, a demand cycle, right? In a demand model. Whatever that looks like for you. And I will tell you, this is brilliant. This is what I do all the time. If I, um, if you've listened to the podcast on value 2.0, what throws me into low value cycles most often is when problems or obstacles come up in my business and I ruminate on them. Something like pisses me off. I could just get stuck in that for days and just be like so annoyed and this and that, right? And so, or if something, you know, I don't know, like a huge fail happens or a big mistake, something that would easily make me want to hide and go inward. Instead, I go into my programs. Oh. And I just start coaching my clients and engaging with my clients. And if you don't, all of you, there's no way you're in the room if you don't have clients, right? So you all have people you can pour into. I was doing this when I had two or three clients. I remember when I would start feeling um, tight around money or um, not hitting my goals or, or I don't have any consults this week or whatever, I would say to shift myself out of that, I'd be like, you know, what? I'm going to call my client, check in on her and just chat, see how she's doing. Just an extra little check in or I'm going to text her. You're like, hey, I'm just thinking about you. How's it going this week? When you get yourself into serving, which is what you did, and focusing on other people, all that makes you want to do is go help more people, right? Right. So then you can't help but go out and share. But it feels natural and it feels like just service to you. Yeah. Oh wow. I didn't I I I don't know what I thought overselling was, but I was convincing myself I didn't know how to do it. Yeah, and it wasn't until someone said you were doing it. Do that again. That that feeling. I was. It was like a grounded conviction. That's what it was for me. It was just like yeah, grounded conviction. And I just, yeah, I was just sharing. Thank you. Yeah, I know that 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 concept is a little tricky, and I've thought about it a lot of ways because it's kind of like the concept of always be selling. We're just like always selling people always or always be seeding. They say that in the sales world too, where you're always planting seeds of your next offer, but. For me, it's more like overselling is also 
this idea, it comes from you guys will, whatever amount of people you want to work with or assign in a launch, you guys will think about that number and adjust your energy and your actions and your effort for how much you think you need to sell that number. So say it's 10 people. Well, you're always off, so you might get five. You also want to create more sales for the future so that every time you do a launch or every time you um, open spots for one-on-one, -on -one, Every time you do that, you don't want it to be the same amount of effort. Well, the only reason it would continue to be the same amount of effort is if you didn't sell in between. But if you're always nurturing and you're always touching base and you're always talking about the next time you're opening, it's like the only two, time, only two things you should ever be talking about is what you're selling now and what you're selling next, right? So as soon as I'm done with the 200K mastermind, for my 200K audience, right, it gets trickier when you have multiple offers, but for my 200K audience, I'm just gonna, we send the last email of our sales sequence is literally like, join us in April. This is what you need to know. And then I'm just gonna start talking about open enrollment. And you're gonna hear me talk from now until, wait, November, sorry, wrong part of the year. You're gonna hear me talk from now until November about open enrollment. And then as soon as open enrollment is closed, I'm gonna start planting the seeds for pre-enrollment. Right, if we do it again, right? So I'm just gonna keep doing that. I'm always gonna be talking about the next round, the next class, right? So that's what I want you guys to be. It's like, I know it's a complicated concept, but once you get it, it will literally make everything in your, in your business easier. It will require so much less effort to make money, to make more money. So let, so much more effort, so much less effort to make so much more money, right? That's the deal if you're willing to stick with understanding this concept. Okay, one more here in the back. Oh, I just wanted to offer, it's so funny because I did think it was complicated, this concept, yeah. but what I heard and what I got after watching the video on overselling again and again, is that you thought overselling was your A line. Mm, and it's so the T good. line. Yes. Because Woo! if you have the T line, like when you said, I didn't even know I was doing it. And you said it becomes like second nature. It's because the thoughts create the belief and the results. Yes. And then it's just like standard practice. Like you're talking about it all the time without it even feeling like selling. Yes. Yes. So if you're, it's not in the A line. When I was in the A line at my first round, first three months, I didn't sell a damn thing because I was sitting at my computer doing stuff all the time. And when I started thinking about my clients and getting into the T-line, that's when so good. selling was easier. So good. Just yes. to offer that. Yes. And we had one more on um, virtual that I can see. Sam Laura Brown. Sam, Sam Brown. Wait. Sam Laura yes. Brown. Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, a thought that really helps me to believe in demand when it doesn't feel tangible is my best clients just work and then sign up. Like I'm not going to hear from them. That's like, hold on. Huh? My best clients do what? And then sign up. Just lurk. Like I'm not going to get comments from them, emails from them. Work. Lurk. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. They're all fun. shouting at me in the room, what you're saying. So they clearly heard you. I don't know what's happening up here. Okay. Yeah. They just lurk and then they just sign up. It's such a good thought. Yes. You guys have got to go back and listen to the um, 2K podcast. I don't remember what we titled it, but um, we had a whole segment where we had people tell their stories about how client, oh, signing clients out of nowhere, 
right? So like my thought is very similar, like clients just show up out of nowhere, but only when you have the right thoughts to attract them, right? So good, thank you for sharing. And one more, Olivia. So I just ran a model um, and it came up after you said the part about like, you're always selling two things, the thing you're selling right now and the next thing you're selling. Yes. Um, and I've switched to launches because I have a group now and I have a launch coming up in November and I'm really not selling anything right now. Yeah. Um, and you my, are, you're selling that next launch in November. Correct. But like, I'm not right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I you're going be. to be now. <laughs> yeah, I will be now. And my thought was this is premature and the feelings <sighs> pushy. Oh, so I take my foot off the gas and I don't do what Kimmy was doing with like overselling yeah. it ahead of time and telling them when it's going to open. Like I'm not talking about it right now. Yeah. So I just noticed like, what I if had you no thought, idea that model was there. Yeah. What if you thought it takes them three months to be ready? Totally different. Right. And I'd be so like, I love grounded, um, conviction and like compelled. Yeah. Um, and like committed to showing up for them. I just love all of yeah. different energy, but so I have good. not been showing up that way because I'm thinking like, this is premature. They can't get it yet. And it feels pushy. So I'm going to switch that. Yeah. Think about how many of you think that it would be premature to sell three months or five months ahead of time. Maybe this will help. Cause I think I get this, like, um, my thought about my C helps in a, I, so my thought is 25K is a lot of money. Like I, I believe that I'm not like, I'm not totally checked out yet <laughs> of how much money 25K is, not yet. Um, so I know, I know that that's an investment, right? Now, I don't think my clients can't pay it, but I do realize it's an investment, right? So my thought is like, it's a lot of money. I wanna give them a lot of time. I want to help them be really prepared and not just the money. I want to help them be really like Kimmy for the content, right? I want to help them be so prepared for the room. Like when I'm thinking about the first timers in this room, I'm like all of my content prepares them to do better in this room the first time, right? The pre-enrollment prepare them to do better in the room for this time. Everything I do, everything. Every email, every mention, the testimonials we send out, the podcast interviews we have, everything is to better prepare them to do well when they pay me. So if that thought is helpful, right? Like I, overselling is just helping me prepare them to do better once they buy from me, right? To constantly nurture them to get more and more results or, or prep their mindset, right? Get their mind more and more tweaked to do better with my, with my program, right? That type of thinking will get you always talking about it. I'm always thinking like it takes three to six months to get them there. And sometimes years, like if you guys go in, if you're in 2K and you go into 2K, there's a post that's like pinned somewhere. It's easy to find. It's like right at the top where I've asked people to tell us when they're going to join 200K. That was transformative for me to know how many people are like, I wanna be there in the next two rounds. I wanna be there by 20, some people say like, I wanna be there by 2024. It's on my list, right? My goal is for it to not take that long, but like, think about that. Like while I'm in my model, creating high excitement for this room and overselling and showing up, I have people who intend to pay me two years from now. They've already set the intention. They've decided to buy. They just don't think they'll be there for two years. So imagine if I fall off at some point and just stop talking about 200K. Are those people gonna get there? 
right? So I've got to stay active in my nurturing for them too, right? And it's like that energy, it's not taking more energy because that same energy of me prepping the people that will buy from me two years from now, that's also selling people who are going to buy from me right now, right? It just makes the numbers compound as I spend more and more time doing that.